Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. How about that? So I saw this release come down. It got in my mailbox uh, pretty much almost at the start of the show. If you've gotten used to saying the AT&T Red River Showdown, that applies for you, Craig, since you have to call it by the full sponsored name. Yeah, that's right. Well, that goes out the window now. The, it's not uh, the Red River Showdown no, anymore. the Texas and, OU game. And it's not what I wanted it to be, what I told Rod Babers years ago, and he loved the idea, the State First Street Fight. It's not that either. We're going back to uh, a little alliteration because this is the All-State Red River Rivalry. All right, all you Elmer Fudnicks out there, Wed Wivel Wivelwee, it's the Red River Rivalry, and it has returned. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people, I noticed, still were calling it that. Yeah. Even after it went to showdown, a lot of people were calling it Red River Rivalry. I think I like the new logo, guys. I think it's better than the I, AT&T one. Okay, I'll give you a yes. Thank you, Cam. I'll give them that. The logo does look sharp. My deal is, I, I, I just... <laughs> Our Horns 24-7 staff, I think it was going into the 2021 game. I finally had to tell everybody, look, for purposes of making sure, because, you know, when you run a website, you got to make sure SEO and all that stuff is on point. I'm like, we've got to decide. We're either all doing shootout or we're either all doing showdown. Yeah. Can't be pick and choose. I want right. Red River rivalry. I want shootout. No, whatever. Got to do one. Got to pick one. So we're like, okay, it's showdown. We'll go with showdown. So now... It's rivalry. Again, so. It's rivalry. There you go. Uh, it says Allstate is the uh, title sponsor of it now. So, uh, and it's, uh, so it's going to be called the Allstate Red River Rivalry. I would just say if, if you have trouble saying it, just kind of do it slowly. Red River Rivalry. You don't, you don't have to try to fly through Red River Rivalry. I mean, that's a tongue twister. Say that fast ten times. Say it fast five times. Red River rivalry. You know, you're gonna you're gonna struggle with it if it does that. Uh, I've always been a fan and a student of elocutionary skill. That's why I always said that I that uh, two things that I've never had a chance to do that I would have liked to have done is to be able to learn how to call an auction and how to call a square dance. Square dance thing is is random, but the yeah. auction, yeah, I can see how you'd want to do that. Because it, it both require elocutionary skill. You got to go to like auctioneers, like an auctioneer college. You do, to, you to know. Be able to and do I've that. had people say, "Oh, I could teach how to do it. I could teach how to do it." And they probably could, but you know. Uh, My wife had one of her students years ago. Who that's one of the things he did. He, I think, the family owned mm-hmm. an auction company. He had to legit go to auctioneer college to yeah. learn how to speak that fast and how to run an auction. Absolutely. So uh, they both require some elocutionary skill, as it does. For the um, as it does for the Red River rivalry. Yes, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian won yes. the Red River game last year, forty-nine nothing. And uh, Sark, before he gets ready for his third third OU game, mm-hmm. third season on the job, we heard a lot from Sark from Big Twelve Media Days. But as we've said, he had his press conference at the THSEA convention yesterday. Uh, just get to a couple things, and we'll have time in hour two to get to some of these too. So, Cameron, let's go ahead and get to cut two. Uh, this is Sark talking about the the director of high school relations position that they've had. Uh, Chris Gilbert was in that role when Sark got hired. He's now got a full time spot at North Texas, and you'll hear Sark talking about Jamal Fenner. He feels like Coach Fenner's on the same track, and whoever he hires after that, they just kind of hope to keep that going. It's been huge. Um, you know. I'm about opportunity and the fact that uh, Chris Gilbert was able to come on board and get a full-time position job at North Texas. And then you hire Jamal Fenner, who 
probably in a year or two, we'll be in the same boat. And, and then that, that creates that opportunity for the next guy that, you know, we're, we're about promoting success for people. And I think along the way, our players forge great relationships with those guys. Um, the high school coaches in the state of Texas know that, hey, we're hiring good people. And if they want to come around, they want to be around the program, come to practice, sit in meetings, whatever that looks like, they've got a great conduit to, to make that happen. Um, you know, but ultimately, like that connection and then the growth out of the position is, I think, why those guys took these jobs. And, you know, if I can be a, if I can be a springboard for them, that, that that's a that's a huge, you know, deal for us and the fact that man, if we can keep bringing people in great people good people people that are respected in the in the high school ranks that then they can go on and do more well that's good for them that's good for us that's good for our players because ultimately everybody wins i think that goes for yeah. staff positions as a whole because you look at sark's coaching staff the 10 full-time assistants really other than andre coleman retaining him Sark's made some really good calls. I mean, he's had two guys leave on their own volition. Stan Drayton took a head coaching job, and Brennan Marion took an OC job where he could call plays, uh, which he wasn't going to do at Texas. So uh, he's had two assistants move up. And I think, you you know, you look at the rest of that staff, Craig, there's guys that probably, I'm sure, Tashar Choice at some point wants to be a head coach. Sure. I'm sure Jeff Banks at some point wants to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you've got some guys like you know Bo Davis is kind of a lifer assistant, so it's kind of it's an interesting mix on the on field staff. But I do think, I think people get hung up on the the player personnel jobs, the behind mm-hmm. the scenes jobs of when somebody does move on or gets a promotion. It's like, oh, you need to pay that person more. We got to keep them. Well, those jobs aren't meant for you to stay in that job for ten to fifteen years. They They're, have a shelf life. Yeah, you're there, you know, three to five, and then you're on to to whatever's next. So Rick Barnes used to say. And he said, he goes, this isn't 100% every single case, but it's the vast majority of cases. I don't want to hire an assistant. Do we have some breaking news? No, sorry. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you, Cam. That was the board completely glitching. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rick Barnes said, this is not true in every single case, but for the majority of, of guys, I don't want to hire an assistant coach who doesn't want to be a head coach someday. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to hire a guy who's content just to be alive. He said, now, it's not true in every case. And you think about it, Bill Guthridge was an assistant to Dean Smith, I think, 31 years or whatever, and then he became the head coach when Dean Smith retired. I actually got Carolina to a Final Four, but it just never really yeah. ultimately clicked. The other night when Glenn West went, uh, was inducted into the Hall of Honor, he was the son of Ken West, who was a longtime assistant and he said, my dad never really wanted to be a head coach. And the reason why, he was a longtime assistant at Brownwood under the immortal and legendary yeah. Gordon Wood. And they had the thing. Morris Southall, the longtime offensive coordinator. He was the he was a lot of the glue back behind it. And, and both of those guys are in the Hall of Honor for their work as assistant coaches, not as head coaches. It's not true in every case, mm-hmm. But it's true in a lot of cases that assistants ultimately want to be head coaches. Yeah, I want to get to uh, – we've got time for one, maybe two more. So, Ken, sure. let's, let's go to cut five. Somewhat in that same vein, Craig, you know, we talk about college coaches have so much on their plates now. And Sark was asked, you know, something along the lines of, do, do you feel like you've got enough time to do everything you want to do? 
and he gets into because we know look he he's he's called his own plays he's heavily involved in recruiting uh you know when you're the head coach of texas you you got to handle you know the donor aspect and you got to go to dinners and things like that you wear a lot of hats when you're the head coach here uh and this is sark talking about time management as far as getting everything done he wants to get done my wife asks me that question all the time because I want to do it all, and I, and I commit to doing it all. I mean, when I sign up to be the head coach at the University of Texas, it's I recruit, I game plan, I call plays, I mentor. I, I mean, I, I do everything. And so, you know, if I wanted an easier way out, I'd go to the NFL because they don't have to recruit. It's a little different. It's a little easier. So... The reality of it is I love what I get to do and I get to be impactful on young men's lives and families' lives. And so uh, I enjoy it and I embrace it. Uh, and then, Cam, we'll, one more cut here. Uh, we'll go to cut seven. Uh, you know, Sark was asked various questions about the THSCA, uh, about high school football in the state of Texas. Uh, but I just thought this one was probably his best answer on all of it. Uh, this is basically what he's taken away from his time being around high school football in the state. Well, I think first and foremost, the coaching is impeccable. <laughs> what the high school coaches do in this state is incredible. Um, I think when the players, when we get them, they are so much more well-versed to uh, accommodate to what we do and what we ask of the players. Um, the competition is incredible. Uh, I, will, I will say that. Like, I, I think about what's going on in the state championship games at the end of the year and, and, and w- what these guys do to get their teams ready to play in those games. But then, you know, for me, I go out in January and I, I kind of bebop around and I'm getting in weight training sessions and different things. I'm watching guys work. It's across the board. It's not just the teams that are playing for state championships. It's across the board. These guys work. And these coaches have an impact on these young men. And, and that's why I want to celebrate them. That's why I'm here. Because the impact they have on young people's lives, which is why we do what we do, is incredible. So uh, I commend everybody for the job that they do. Um, it's not easy. And not everybody's making a bunch of money. And they're doing it out of, out of the goodness of their heart. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that because, man, I, I said, my son is a freshman at UT right now, and he had a great high school coach, and he was lucky. And not all of them get that, but when you get a good high school coach, they start kind of laying that foundation for what it's supposed to look like in your future outside of football, and that and that's why we do what we do. I know we have a lot of high school coaches in the area who listen to this show because I, I get, you know, Facebook messages or Twitter DMs or in the case of yesterday, coaches stopping me in the hallway at the exhibit hall telling, telling me that they enjoy uh, our little two hours right here of our live local program. And I, don't, I know a lot of them are in Houston right now yep. getting professional development hours and going to lectures and things like that. But I think it's always nice uh, for the high school coaches to just have that reinforced that you know the, the big-time FBS head coaches in this state really do care about what they're doing. I used to have head coaches tell me, celebrated ones, ones who are in the Hall of Honor, and this has been several years, tell me that, yeah, coaching school has changed from the days when we would we'd all pile in and one school, the <laughs> ISD vehicle, go down there, four dudes sleep into a room there doing that. 
And then, of course, there was there used to be the uh, image that uh, somebody used to say, and it wasn't the coach association. He said it was one of the others. Said you could always tell when coaching school was down because the business, the best businesses that were done were on the golf courses and the uh, uh, cabarets. Yeah, uh, but that's a lot of that has drastically changed. Yeah, it's uh, now I, I hear like hearing from coaches that again did this stuff twenty thirty years ago, and they'll talk about you know some of the best. You can go to lectures or whatever. Some of the best. You know, talking ball and things you pick up. It's you know eight people in a in a room and everybody just sitting around drawing up stuff, literally on napkins. Yeah, with some with some beverages flowing. It's really cool. It, it it's good experience. We'll have more on that and also the uh, the experience that Jeff and I had, independent of one another last night, not realizing the other one was doing the exact same thing at that time. We'll tell you about that coming up when we continue. 